Hello and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we examine the trends, technologies, industry activities related to the revenue facets of local media and the interplay between developments in the local and the national arena affecting commercial inventory sales, platform launches, data, technology, and most importantly, advertising opportunities. I'm Rick Ducey. Managing Director at BIA Advisory Services. And today we're gonna to be speaking about addressable TV. Our guest is an expert on the topic, Larry Allen, Vice President and General Manager of Data and Addressable TV Enablement for Comcast Advertising. Larry has extensive experience in digital media, marketing, and business strategy that's rather unmatched in the industry. Before Comcast, Larry developed innovative advanced TV solutions and drove product vision at Warner Media. He's also run his own consulting business where he advised many major media companies, such as the New York Times, Meredith, and Business Insider. Larry, thank you so much for being with us today. This topic in particular is one that's really hot, addressable, and one I've got a lot of uh, personal interest in. We spent a lot of time with at NAB. So uh, BIA, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Rick. I appreciate it. So let's... um, 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 and we're joined here by um, our, our, our good friend, Mitch Oscar, who may uh, jump in with a thought from time to time. Uh, and Mitch, I know that you and I have, um, I guess a nice way to say it is we're veterans. Uh, so I'm going to start with, with something that goes way back. Uh, Time Warner launched The Cube, and uh, this is an audio-only podcast, but I encourage you to raise your hand if you've even heard of The Cube. I don't see any hands. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy, pun intended. Uh, anyway, Time Warner launched the Cube, an experimental two-way multi-programmed cable TV system, uh, about 44 years ago in Columbus, Ohio. It was like uh, a watershed mark in the media business. Since its launch, um, and I was around in those days, every media person I've known has been rooting for development of addressable video ad delivery. I want my ad to go to this person or this household. Since that time, there have been many flavors in the offing such as uh, local ad-supported VOD on cable system operator platforms, digital video, OTT, or CTV increasingly these days, and now a focus on national linear addressable TV, to name a few. Uh, So, Larry, you've spent a lot of time uh, being innovative, participating, consulting, uh, and then actually walking the walk doing this, doing addressable TV um, over the years. Could you kind of give us a primer, help us wade through the different types of what people are calling addressable and what those deployments look like so that our audience can have a better sense of the terminology and its applicability in the media ecosystem? Yeah, so it, there are a lot of flavors. Um, you know, we really think about addressable TV as household addressable. Um, and when you kind of bleed into the connected TV space, then you would say device addressable, right? But the reality is it's all video content being delivered where we're dynamically inserting a targeted creative message to a consumer or the consumer's household. And within that, There's really two types of addressable that the market talks about. Um, There's really what we refer to as audience addressable, where you're defining a target audience and um, then seeking them out within the kind of video ecosystem across all of the distributed platforms. And then the other version would be creative versioning, where an advertiser is buying a spot and just rotating different creatives based on a target or geography um, in order to address different households with a different message, but blanketing kind of the national uh, ecosystem still with the same advertiser. Right. And then there's um, 
the way that that works, I guess, in a technology sense is sometimes the, that asset is is downloaded to the client side and other times it's delivered from the server side. Does that make any difference in, in what we're talking about with addressable? It doesn't really make a difference. You know, technically there are some nuances to whether you're streaming the creative kind of in real time or to your point, you know, it's preloaded on the TV or the set top box, um, you know, primarily that preloaded creative is there for kind of speed, right? They want the creative ready uh, and available in cache, if you will. Um, the smart TVs do that uh, and as well as the satellite companies. Um, but, you know, Comcast, we have uh, IP delivered um, content. So, you know, we can stream the content just like uh, it was a digital feed. Right, and that's really the uh, the key value proposition for for linear TV is to have that kind of digital like capability for targeting and optimizing the content. And, yeah, and that's the innovation that you know we really have seen here this year. Frankly, um, you know, we we made some announcements with AMC as our first programming partner. Um, they're now live with national linear addressable uh, on multiple distributors where they're dynamically inserting. Uh, creatives in in their national breaks, and so they they're very much kind of in that first wave of digitizing linear inventory. Yeah, I mean it's such a powerful development. I mean it's I was talking about the cube 44 years ago, but I think we're at the point in addressable where the market readiness, the technology, and kind of the practices, the whole workflow is is really in place. So there's going to be a significant inflection. And the amount of um, advertising investment in addressable linear TV platforms, it seems like. Absolutely. So my understanding is that at Comcast, um, they hired you about two years ago. And the idea was to have you spearhead addressable enablement for Comcast advertising and lead this initiative on addressability uh, that most recently morphed into Go Addressable. And we were, we were talking about that a little bit um, earlier. But could you speak to the evolution of, of what this is, what's now Go Addressable, um, the importance of this community as we're talking about it, and a little bit about where you see things going over the next year or so with this initiative? Yeah. So when I joined Comcast, um, I was very much chartered and charged with, you know, developing the product, right? Taking the end-to-end -end system and making sure that we could deliver self-service addressable for a programmer where they could send the signal in their, you know, content and use their ad server to dynamically manage the campaigns and do all the targeting and, and do that very much by themselves. Um, prior to that, anytime we were working with a programmer, we were kind of using our our internal systems and our teams to help support them. And so that that um, product evolution now is in place, as I mentioned earlier with AMC, and we've got other programmers that are that are coming online in the next month or so. Um, and so that that was great that you know within Comcast that we could build that product and, and bring it to market. But during that time, what I realized was, you know, it really we need scale for the national advertisers to really lean in and adopt addressable in a big way. And so we had to make it an ecosystem play. And so that's yeah. really where Go Addressable came from was basically reaching out to all the other distributors who had addressable capabilities for their local or their own inventory um, and make sure that they were also on board to do this same capability for their programming partners as well. And so we, we put together this industry initiative, um, which brought together eight 
uh, MVPDs, satellite companies, and smart TV manufacturers to basically rally around this idea of addressable TV in support of national programmers. That's great. So that's, I mean, the ecosystem makes so much sense. I mean, in terms of having access to scale and inventory and uh, I guess content types too. I mean, all of the different partners have different kinds of content as well. So you get a lot of different kind of the multidimensional aspects to what you're bringing to market and able to activate and deliver on it. Um, for initially, the unaddressability membership was limited, um, as you're just describing evolution here, to MVPDs or cable operators. Who, who are those uh, initial partners and, and how, why were they picked? And you explained a nice job of how that evolved into, into a larger ecosystem. Um, are you trying to see the benefits now of that um, expansion? Yeah, so kind of the, the initial group um, was Comcast, Cox, and Charter. We all kind of are similar cable systems, cable operators. Um, we do a lot together already, uh, yeah. or had previously done a lot together. You know, multiple joint ventures, um, and that again, that was awesome. Uh, but we recognized that you know the 35 million or so households that we represented was still not enough to have a tipping point uh, for the national advertisers. And so given that the satellite companies and other smart TV manufacturers were also investing in addressable capabilities, we basically wanted to bring them into the fold because what we were hearing was that, one, we needed scale. You know, they wanted more than 55 million households because that was kind of the tipping point number that everybody that I've talked to kind of needed to, to make it a national opportunity. Um, and so by bringing those folks together, we were able to, you know, one, get to scale, two, talk a lot about the technical workflow and the systems and the process by which a programmer would interoperate with multiple distributor types. And so we spent the first year basically just talking about that, getting to right. a, a standard protocol for signaling and um, communicating the various uh, campaign metadata attributes that are required for both the programmer and the various distributors to um, communicate and then share back to the ad server so it could make smart decisions in real time. So all of that <clears throat> needed to happen. And, you know, we needed to basically come together uh, and, you know, debate and get right. to agreement ultimately on, on how that would work. Um, and, you know, we've come a long way. Right, absolutely. That's really interesting. And, and like you're saying, it's basically a full stack problem. I mean, uh, bringing the technology, the company workflow, uh, different software and so on. So the metadata and, you know, I presume there's a lot of APIs stacked in there to make everything talk to each other. Uh, how is that maintained? Is there some like third party that maintains all the metadata so everybody kind of understands what they're operating against and um, some standard set of APIs that people are able to develop and, and uh, keep their technology current, I guess, or is it just constant conversation among all the parties? We, we actually leaned into the SCUDI standard for uh, SCUDI 224, uh, which is a way of communicating the campaign-related data for you know understanding what ads uh, and advertisers are in the pod, what the categories are, so that we could manage collisions and, and make sure that when the ad server is making a real-time decision to insert a creative into a 30-second spot, it understands what are the spots that are adjacent to where it's making a decision so that you don't have a Toyota ad, a Ford ad, 
and then you know a GM ad all back to back because that that middle pod that was being decisioned is was a third auto ad. You know you want some separation. Um, exactly. And so that that's really important. Um, and that that took a lot of uh, work to to enhance that spec um, to you know work with the ad servers and then also work with the uh, trafficking systems that each of the programmers operate. Yep. So actually, that's that's one thought I want to bridge on a bit to think about uh, linear addressable, and then I guess I don't know a complementary um, video service, uh, connected TV. Mm-hmm. So it's you know mostly a different technology stack. I mean, it's still the same business goal. I want to target um, these viewers, these households across the different capabilities I have, like you were saying before, households or devices. Uh, and I want to deliver the content in, in different ways. So you've got this whole MVPD thing that was built up and now it's so popular now, CTV. Um, and there's some differences there. I mean, even what you were just saying about conflict codes and, and using this got a 224 kind of thing. Um, from an advertiser perspective or an agency perspective, how do they think or do they need to think differently about kind of the um, uh, linear national addressable platform versus a connected TV platform? Are they basically equivalent or are there different kinds of um, terms of engagement? Yeah, that? so fortunately, um we're aligned, meaning the the sell side and the buy side are aligned. They want to decision the full pool of inventory. So the linear addressable inventory and the connected TV inventory, they want to they want that all to be considered in one pool, and they want to build smart programs and plans where they're executing and managing for reach and frequency and driving incremental reach across the uh, various platforms. And so so they're using them together more than they're using them separate. And that was an important thing and, and a big reason why we wanted to get um, all of the inventory into the ad server so it could be decisioned uniformly. Right. And it's actually, I mean, from an advertiser perspective, my understanding is it's this, what you just described is a pretty powerful solution. So the, the part of what the buyer might get is if you're buying this integrated inventory pool, some of it is linear, some of it's uh, digital connected TV. And uh, I guess the AI um, will actually help the buyer to, to allocate um, the campaign investment across those platforms. Okay, you've reached uh, your target audience as best you can now on the linear platform. We're going to start to deliver some more CTV to get you more of that reach and frequency across that part of this pooled inventory. Is that is that kind of what's happening? And um, that that is happening today. Um, I think we still have a, a lot of work to go to do on kind of the the kind of device and household information and, and really smartly managing and understanding who's watching when. Um, but that is the promise. But I, I would take it one step further and say even within the linear inventory, before you get to connected TV, there's tremendous opportunity to drive incremental reach. Sure. Because if you if you run a, a standard linear buy, you're still missing big pockets of households that either didn't watch the programming that you were buying um, or are really just light TV viewers in general. And so you need to identify where are they watching and are they in your target audience? And that's where addressable TV really can help maximize the inventory that already exists within the linear ecosystem and then combine that also with connected TV because, you know, we still have a situation where 
you know, linear television is driving a massive amount of viewership in exactly. comparison to connected TV. No doubt connected TV is growing. Um, yeah. and, and that's, again, I think a big reason why we need to look at it as it's just TV. You know, yes, it's being delivered in slightly different mechanisms, you know, maybe over the air or, you know, over a set-top box versus streaming through an app. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all premium TV content that the advertiser wants to reach an engaged audience in. And so decisioning that and, and building smarter plans holistically across both inventory right. types is critical. You know, so it's the advertising ecosystem, as you've been describing it, is extremely capable, smart, uh, integrated, and there's a lot of kind of AI and other tools to help advertisers optimize their campaign throughout, and everybody wins, media, buyers, and against the customer, because they're getting more relevant ads. Uh, so, but it's hard to do. I mean, it's a lot of moving parts and pieces. I mean, if you go back to the Cube day, um, if you're an agency buyer looking at national media uh, 44 years ago with this magic new thing called addressable cable with Cube versus sitting here today in 2022, there's so much more that you need to know uh, to be an effective decision maker and professional in a business on the, on the agency or brand side. Um, how, how is that education coming along? Are people, you know, uh, moving up the learning curve or are there some challenges there that we still need to overcome? So there's definitely more to learn. Um, I think people uh, get confused because of terminology in a lot of cases. You know, yeah. um, there are some connected TV uh, inventory owners that are in market and they talk about programmatic as addressable. Um, which I think is a big mistake. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it, programmatic is just a, a different way of selling the inventory. You know, it's a sales channel more than an actual capability or right. inventory type. Um, and so I think that's a, a, a big one that we need to work on collectively as an industry. Um, but then I think there's also just tactics, right? People immediately think addressable is performance only. You know, it's only about driving sales lift. And I think as more inventory is digitized and you have the opportunity to build targets that can be broad-based targets, it could even be age gender um, target. You could use addressable and that capability to only reach those households that are in that broad-based target. Um, advertisers have more and more information about their consumers today than they did before. And so that that's another opportunity, I think, where they're building kind of intelligence upstream that can influence the planning activities that then ultimately result in them wanting to use things like addressable in order to more uh, surgically or intelligently reach households. How do they, where do they go? I mean, they go to industry conferences or, or do you, you like at your company, um, have tutorials or training sessions? I mean, there's so much to learn, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, a lot written on the topic at this point. Um, and so I think that's one place, uh, you know, industry trades. Conferences definitely are, are another opportunity. Um, with Go Addressable, we've been putting out some research um, and we're kind of engaged in what we call socializing addressable TV with the, the broader ecosystem. We've put together two advisory councils, one on the buy side and one on the programmer side in order to help us understand what are the key kind of blockers for driving adoption and demand. Um, and we're trying to use that to then build commentary that we can take into the market to help, you know, make the buy side, uh, you know, more educated. The good news is 
about 75% of the agencies that we've surveyed um, are already doing some type of addressable as part of their media plans. So that's encouraging. Um, now it we is. just need to see, you know, that scale from a dollars perspective. And is that, I mean, looking um, to the future, I mean, more educational help, uh, more comfort with how these campaigns execute, and whether it's, um, especially national, maybe more branding, um, overcoming that kind of, this is a performance platform, well, we can do branding too, and we can do targeting to achieve branding KPIs as well as the performance KPIs. Um, all that's interesting. In particular, your two councils, uh, the, the uh, buy and sell side, um, part of that's getting familiar with what's out there, but probably also you're getting ideas from them about what they want to see next. What, what kind of things should we think about to be expecting for the future? Well, the biggest obstacle and thing that they're asking for is accurate and comprehensive cross-screen measurement. Yeah, That's the number one item that comes up on both sides of the equation. Um, and, you know, we're working hard at that one. Um, you know, there's a number of new entrants in the space um, that are trying to tackle this problem. Um, it's a it's a data issue in most cases. You know, they need to have that these measurement companies need to have data rights from each of the distributors that are deploying these campaigns because it's a shared ecosystem. There's, you know, a, a connection to subscribers. And so whenever subscribers are involved, there's data protection and data privacy that ha that is paramount to um, maintain and, and manage. Um, and so, you know, there's a bunch of contracts that have to get written in order to really e elevate the measurement. Um, but that's underway and it's happening with, you know, most of the distributors that I talk to are engaged with measurement companies on getting them the data that they need so that this measurement can be done. Um, so that that's, you know, hurdle number one. And then I think what's next is really about the scaled, simple delivery opportunity, right? It's, it's kind of what I was talking about before, being able to um, bring an audience into the to a programmer or whoever's selling the inventory uh, and have that audience decisioned seamlessly across the connected TV and streaming environment and the, the linear addressable environments um, and having a common mechanism for understanding kind of household and device information, right? So that, that's, a, that's coming. Um, and then I think once that, that is in place and that is efficient for the buyer, then it's really about just scaled inventory and, be, and making more inventory available addressably because we still have this tension on the sell side where TV is a scarce resource and you know the linear buys are still you know the the largest the, the majority of the spend is still coming through kind of that traditional mechanism where you're buying you know the entire spot across the whole country um, and reaching everybody simultaneously and that that has to shift that balance and so the inventory has to be unlocked. Uh, over time. Right. So that's a really compelling vision um, that you just set forth there. What What do you think the timeline is to start to see some of these big pieces become available in the industry? Well, if I listen to the industry, um, they're pushing hard to have that happen, you know, in the next yeah. 18 months. You know, yeah. they're, you know, every programmer is pounding the table to have, you know, cross-screen measurement in place for uh, arguably next year's upfront, you know, some people would claim that, you know, they've done deals on alternate currencies this year. So yeah. we're scratching the surface. It's starting. I think next year we're going to see much more movement there because we'll have more um, 
measurement companies with more data uh, in in play. Uh, so I think that's a that's a big one that that will happen next year. And and along with that, I think you're going to see people committing, you know, larger percentages of their upfront uh, to addressable. And and when I say addressable, I am talking about that combined pool of inventory across kind of the converted linear inventory and the connected TV inventory, because again, it's going to all be decisioned dynamically as a single opportunity. The And, and then with all this addressability, just tying this back uh, for a moment to digital, I mean, with things like um, uh, with Google with the cookies and third-party cookie support, uh, what Apple's done with IDFA and ATT and so on, those things in digital don't really impact what we're talking about here for addressable TV, right? No, I think that's our unique advantage in the video ecosystem. You know, the majority of the distributors who are, you know, bringing high quality television content to consumers, regardless of whether, again, whether it's an app or a set-top box or a satellite, they all have subscribers. And therefore yes. the consumer is, you know, giving you some information. You have the ability to get an opt-out or an opt-in into the advertising service, which then gives you something very powerful for an advertiser because now you have deterministic kind of keep connection to the right. home. So they know that they're, you know, without doubt reaching kind of a real consumer <laughs> that's in their target, right? It's not yes. like when you're matching to a cookie or an IP address, it might not be actually the consumer you're trying to reach or right. you get very low match rates or, you know, in the case of an IP address, it rotates or it's part of a group of IP addresses that represent a large swath of consumers. So the accuracy of that kind of digital advertising is far less than kind of this high fidelity opportunity we have uh, within the premium TV ecosystem. That's such an important point. I want to give you a chance sorry, to see if you have any last thoughts to offer, but first I thought I would um, reach out to Mitch to see if you have any anything that um, you wanted to amplify or introduce or correct if I misstated something. So um, I'll just throw out there, I didn't hear terms like the um, SOMA, MOMA, the single commercial going across the entire spread or the multiple. Do you want to just talk about the terminology and yeah, so those terms are basically related to a specific vendor. And so one of the things we tried to do at, with Go Addressable was arrive on kind of two terms that described the tactics that apply to all of the technology vendors. And that's where we kind of landed on this notion of audience addressable, which is basically dynamically inserting multiple advertisers based on the target that they're trying to reach in a single spot versus creative versioning where I'm a single advertiser, I'm buying a national spot, and then I'm rotating creative within it. So that that's the kind of two terms that we've tried to land on that aren't related to a specific vendor, <laughs> but are applied to, to kind of the ecosystem at large. Now that's important. <laughs> that's important. Thanks, Larry. You bet. Good one, Mitch. So, Larry, any, any um, parting thoughts that you want to amplify or introduce something that I didn't um, manage to touch on? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the closing thought would be, you know, addressable is not only for performance. You know, it yes. can be used across the entire, you know, media funnel. And yeah. 
we're not there yet. People aren't leaning in as, as much as they can, but with the national opportunities that are now available so that you can buy across a larger distributed footprint, um, inclusive of the connected TV inventory, now all of a sudden it can be used for the upper funnel, funnel tactics, um, right. but be, be used very intelligently, right? Like I think, you know, some people say, well, if you're a CPG brand, anybody with a mouth is in target. Well, the reality <laughs> is those CPG brands do have specific products that are tailored towards specific types of consumers. And so even when they do want to reach a very large swath of the you know national population, they still have a target. Now, right. that target may be 25 million households, you know, as opposed to 7 million or 3 million households, but it's still a target. You know, you don't need to to basically have the the waste. So that that's one big point I would leave. And then the other is um, don't let, you know, great be the enemy of good. And exactly. what I mean by that is with measurement, it is an evolution. It is getting better every day. But let's not have that hold us back from taking advantage of this great capability that can drive better performance overall. And, and, and I mean that from a brand perspective, but also from a kind of true sales lift perspective as well. Um, don't let it don't let it slow you down, you know, right. lean in and, and start using the capability today. And then just um, reinforce that notion of hitting that 7 million, 25 million, whatever your target is that you want to reach. I mean, they're they're um, in market or somehow you've qualified them. And then the other um, really valuable proposition to this whole uh, linear TV platform is you can match them to the creative as well. So it's not just, you know, one creative. It could be just like you were saying, cycling through several or matching a particular creative execution to a particular part of that. 25 million um, reach and frequency you're trying to get to. That's right. And, you know, one other kind of big benefit that um, we didn't talk about was this notion of attribution. Mm, so when yes. you're delivering an addressable campaign, because you know the household that was actually exposed, you can then match those exposures up to downstream information, whether it's survey data for brand lift purposes or actual, you know, footfall traffic or, um, sales data, um, that's another great piece of information that the marketer gets that they can then use in the next cycle for planning the next wave of the campaign or or next set of campaigns. Right. I mean, targeting, measurement, um, uh, dynamic ad insertion, um, attribution, and being able to optimize everything you know, relatively quickly in a campaign awesome power uh, to be bringing to the marketplace. Larry, thank you so much for your time with us today. I'm sure our audience will appreciate your your knowledge and your insights uh, on a very important topic. And it's encouraging to hear that there are some big things already in place, ecosystems being developed and vendors working together on the buy side and sell side. That's very encouraging to see. And the timeline, you know, 18 months is a pretty lightning speed in the media business <laughs> to, see, to see change come through like that. Uh, we very much appreciate your time and expertise on this fast, in this fascinating area. And we thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we will continue to examine the trends, technologies, and industry activities related to the revenue facets, particularly of local media and developments in the local and national arena. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, audience. <laughs>